welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood. And as a mindset coach, pilot in training, and visionary for hire, I hope this podcast gives you insights that not only impact your business and your personal life, but thus the world for the better. And we are back. So funny because last episode I said, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm gonna, you know, share about this. And I think I did end up sharing about the fact that I'm podcasting again, but with how many stories we all see every day and posts we see on social media, like it's almost as if I didn't, right? Because I shared it on like two parts of my story like over a week ago. So anyway, I'm excited to be here. I'm gonna continue to coach once a week as long as it feels aligned so here we are and um for those of you who follow me um you did see that on thursday i had a very witchy looking ceremony at my house and i know it looks witchy because the candles in a circle in my basement next to a fire with all these women sitting in a circle with red roses if you're already creeped out great um we're gonna talk about it and what we're really gonna um sort of encapsulate it with is the heading the title the subject of presence because what the invitation was which i didn't even know in the experience of inviting people to my house was truly an invitation for presence and who is pure magic and because i am now reflecting on the experience um recording the day after the event two days before you were hearing this i can really sit with like wow there i mean there's so much there that's going to be hard to um really truly explain but i'm going to kind of instead of just storytell encapsulate the the experience by these kind of five takeaways that i think are uh the easiest parts to um to boil down and share because these are things that if you couldn't be here or if you were like wow I wonder what that was like or it piqued your interest um, then great this is you can learn some takeaways and maybe it's something you would want to do with your soul sisters or your uh, at your mastermind or on your bachelorette or something like that and so if that's the case please message me because I can connect you with Alexandra who was our host who I mentioned probably every episode (laughs) she is a cosmic queen as she calls herself and an intuitive soul guide and is a very powerful channel um and as in her words her access is really what comes through in those circles so if you don't know what that means don't worry about it um but anyway we're gonna dive in so um the funny aside i'll start with is that alexandra said towards the end she's like you know in 1986 this was weird shit (laughs) she's like but now it's normal, right? Like we we are all trying to get into breath work where we understand or we're trying to understand and learn more about energy healing. I mean, acupuncture is not taboo anymore. Um, meditation is commonplace, common practice. Um, mental health, presence, slowing down, stillness. These are all things that we know about. And um, there's a lot of people on Instagram talking about this, talking about your shadow, integrating your shadow, understanding yourself, because the point is to be in a place of life that is pure bliss. And bliss is a word that the first time I really was present to it was, um, you know, I'd heard the word blissful or whatever. But my first uh, serious coach um, was very close with Richard Branson. And he wrote a blog, he blogs pretty often, um, that was called Follow the Bliss. And it was advice 
advice from my coach that he wrote about. He's like, you know, Christine said to me, you know, follow your bliss. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's a nice phrase, whatever. But like, we think that a lot about so many things. Like we're all guilty of like, oh, that's a nice thing to think about or that's a nice thing to know about. But to really live it is a totally different experience. And so one of the gurus that Alexandra has introduced me to and who sends me in, in my work with her, videos on don't worry i'll get to the point i promise um is this guru named Sadguru, and he has some very very incredible talks with deepak chopra and you could probably google google guru google deepak chopra and Sadguru, and you will hear more and if you're like here where are you going with this blah 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 i promise i'll have a point i brought it up yesterday so she was saying a, she was saying a quote from Sadguru about bliss and about how the point of life is to experience pure bliss all the time and is that possible? And, and it is. And it's very challenging to access in the way we live now. So the aside that I had is that um, there is a pretty um, well-known podcaster named Ed Milet, and he was telling a story about uh, why he was having Sad Guru on his podcast. So Sad Guru is now mainstream. And it was because Tom Brady had Sad Guru's book in his like golfing locker or something at this country club and think about if you know tom brady you know anything about him he is truly always accessing a state of bliss or or trying to like with his nutrition with how he feels in his body i could imagine with what we know about how he eats he's creating a blissful state for his physical body all of the time so now i segue into something that surprised me so Alexandra set up my basement um, with a ton of these like sheepskin, like fur blankets, all the stuff that you know we already had in my house. But she brought a bunch of candles, and we had the wood burning stove going, and um, this. I don't know if it's like a mandala or like a like a circular, like beautiful cloth with crystals all over it. And um, anyway, we came down, and we each had to choose a meditation cushion to sit on. And so. We came down, we sat quietly, like as if you're entering a temple, and we were just sitting there in silence. And I'll be honest, like I've meditated with Alexandra numerous times. I've meditated with my business coaching clients all the time uh, in session. However, I was uncomfortable because these were not my best friends. These are people I love and respect and know and wanted them to come to this retreat and they're not my best friends they're not people that i and it, it was so interesting to be in a, in space and time with five other souls in the quiet closing my eyes especially think about covid and this isn't one of the takeaways but you can take whatever you want away from anything i'm saying um we had to pass a lighter around and light our candle and uh, come up with an intention. So I was thinking about my chakras and for me, my heart chakra always feels like it's hard uh, to open. And I wanted to not only open my heart chakra, but really connect my heart chakra to my solar, to my sacral. Sometimes I feel like it's like the sacral's on, solar's not, heart's on, like they're not all always. So I was like, I want loving connectedness. So um we had to turn to our partner and share our intention and then our partner had to share it for us and my partner her name is ali she's an incredible person um she and i both of course were paired with each other this is sort of like the first takeaway um and i won't share hers but i'll what because you don't need to know it but what we both did was we said so mine was 
I am intending for create be, becoming lo- loving connectedness and I I am creating loving connectedness and Alexander stopped me and so so Ali's was quite similar about finding blank or yeah finding realizing discovering blank and Alexandra made a really good point she goes it's not you don't want to verb your way through the rest of your life because if you our words are the gateway to the brain and the brain's processing the information and helping us we don't want our intention to be something that we're going to perpetually do forever and ever and ever and ever so the shift was instead of saying i am becoming blank or i am discovering this or i am creating this i am essentially doing this it's i am i am loving connectedness I am, you know, whatever Ali's intention was. Um, I am speaking truth. I am, so say, let's say you want to speak up and you want to um, create more truth in your speech or use your voice more or whatever. It's like, I am speaking truth. It's so much more powerful in the way the frequency of it changes. So my first sort of takeaway that hit right off the bat was, and I, it sort of combined with the second one, which will bring us back to bliss, I promise, um, was that just shifting my intention to I am loving connectedness brought me to a different state of seeing myself and feeling into what is that like and it feels pretty damn good and so just that shift alone like if you are after something you want to quote unquote manifest or transform in your life think about it this is a simple way to say use i am statements like now do you get why we use i am statements because that it can be an intention that doesn't feel like you yet and if you say that it is you, you're shifting your frequency by using those words. Does that hopefully click? <laughs> um, so shift your speak with yourself, with your intentions, with your goals, how, whatever you want to call them, um, to I am this. That is what I'm being, doing, having. Um, hopefully that's helpful. The second one goes back to bliss. So Alexander said, you know, as we gather here, now that we have our intentions, I want us to kind of open up about maybe what the last year has been like for us. I mean, after sitting, you know, six feet apart and being in quarantine, like sitting in a sister circle that close together on meditation cushions in a basement with people you don't know that well, it seems overwhelming energetically. So why not share like what the last year has been like? So I start to share and i'm like yeah so you know i i'm really for me it was a process of really letting go and understanding that i don't have to plan it all and not only understanding it and knowing it but trusting it and being in the flow of it and you know it's a scary thing and she's like i don't understand you and i i was like wait what do you mean like i think we could all relate to that she goes no your body language doesn't match the story you're telling and she goes because think about it how did it feel to be letting to not be planning and to sit in that flow i'm like better she's like yeah and i was like she's like so it wasn't a roller coaster it wasn't the yes maybe prior to that or after i let or before letting go it was scary but being in the flow i was describing and trusting of the universe and being the observer of my life was actually she's like it wasn't just okay it's your body's communicating joy and bliss and for that in that moment it hit me i was like 
I'll put, I'll put it to you this way what Ali said. Ali said, suffering isn't necessary. It's like we are sometimes, especially when we're doing deep work on ourselves, get used to this idea of background suffering or something bad happening or challenges and it just doesn't have to be the case. And I was like, whoa, like in that moment I got it. I am bliss. I am joy. I am experiencing it. And I ha- and I was able to reflect I'm like, wow, that's what my life has been. I mean, the obvious one is having a baby, of course. There's a lot of joy and a lot of bliss. And it was like, I'm. it's sometimes more easy to communicate, oh yeah, the sleepless nights are hard and breastfeeding's hard and to communicate the challenges to connect with people. But why aren't we connecting on the bliss? And why aren't we as present to it? Because it is always there. So um, the, the interesting thing that's, I guess, maybe tied to my first um, point, it's not really a true second point, the true second point is something else, Um, is as we look at how we're shifting our intentions, our goals into those I am's, really looking at energetically our body language and how we are feeling versus what we're thinking. Because my thinking brain wanted to describe it as a roller coaster and share the good with the bad and there's always a challenge and, but it's like, no, my body was actually fine. But in the telling of a quote unquote suffering story, my body was could have, if I if she hadn't stopped me, I could have actually changed my state into a state of stress, anxiety, blah, 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 blah. So really let your body speak first um, and tune into what you are being versus what you don't have yet. So, or I need to create or I need to discover. It's just, I am bliss, I am joy, I am loving connectedness etc. I hope that tracks. So the second point, which is probably one of my favorite ones, is eyes. How often do you really stare into someone's eyes? So like imagine a friend or a neighbor came over to your house and I'm just going to use the name Sarah. And they're like, Sarah, can I look into your eyes? And they just looked into your eyes and just studied your eyes. And you're just gazing back at them because they can't really see your eyes if you're looking away, right? I don't know if you've had that experience with someone, especially non-romantically. I think maybe romantically we we tend to to make a deeper eye contact because it is a form of intimacy um, more commonly. But think about the last time you really looked into someone's eyes. So Alexandra is fiercely, you know, a fierce eye gazer, uh, if you will. I always feel like she's looking into my soul. And that was a really big part of yesterday. And it seems so simple or... I don't know, something weird for me to bring up, but that is true presence because when you are staring into someone's eyes, and I mean, you're fully in their eyes, in their soul, and and one, I realize you can read energy better. You can read energy better when you are staring into someone's eyes because you can feel who they are. You don't, if you're really truly present, you're not looking at their eyes and, and thinking about what time it is or what you ate or, it's an energetic exchange and it's just so incredibly powerful. So we did this thing where um, you we like anointed each other this like anointing oil, which we did at Sarah, uh, Sarah Joy, Sarah Joy Gaines's, um, one of her sir- sister circles back in early 2020 before the pandemic. But anyway, um, and we gave each other like a little crystal and then we had a stare. So let's say that Allie gave me a crystal and the oil 
and then stared into my eyes. We would just stare into each other's eyes and for 30 to 60 seconds, just staring and receiving energy from each other. And when you were the one being gifted or given rather the oil and the crystal, you were the receiving. So if I'm receiving, I'm imagining, wow, she's just sending me energy. She's sending me light. Then I turn to the girl next to me. I receive energy and light from her for 30 to 60 seconds. You go around the circle and you are just receiving, receiving, receiving. And this idea of intense eye gazing just really was this unexpected pleasure and joy for me because I just feel like I got really bad at it. I mean, I think pre-pandemic, I was more anxious than not. I was running all the time on all cylinders, stressed out, projecting into the future, not being present. And when you're not really present in your mind and your body and your soul and your spirit, it's hard to come here with the person in front of you and look into their eyes and be present. It's easier to look up, to look to the sides, to look at your phone. Oh my God, the phone's the worst. And I actually had a really sad experience last fall. I had um, gone into the city to meet someone for coffee. And in between me and this person was a phone. And the phone was like, it's like I was trying to make eye contact with them and they were making eye contact with their phone. And it was it was this level of sadness because of this lack or dearth of of connection that comes from eye gazing. So again, takeaway from number two of, of true presence is it does involve being able to stare into someone's eyes. And like I described when I first sat down in the silence of the retreat with these women, I was like a little uncomfortable. And that is the same way eye contact can be very uncomfortable. But what I realized is after the sister circle, after that, I felt like so much more confidence with eye gazing and making eye contact not necessarily eye gazing but it is a challenge so um, maybe start with your partner if you have one um, and eye gaze with them just sitting Indian style facing each other just staring into each other's eyes you don't have to talk you don't have to say anything but just really being present that is true presence and you may feel energy start moving you may feel tingling you may feel I mean, you try it. I'm not going to tell you what to feel. Um, and then the other thing we did while staring into each other's eyes is we just ask each other, what is your experience? So let's say it was my turn to go. I'd be like, Allie, what is your experience now? And you're just describing. I feel space. I feel tingling. I feel warmth. I feel joy. I feel um, my lower left hip. Uh, like it really brings you into the fullness, fullness of presence. And the exercise is brilliant because every moment is now, is now, is now, is now. Um, so eye gazing, that was a really, oh, and then Alexandra shared with me after that, I think she calls it, it it's like, I'm gonna say this totally wrong. She said it, the eye is like the God organ or something. She's like, you know, if you look at evolution from that standpoint of, you know, how we got here, if that's what you believe, they can trace like the evolution of the jaw and the evolution of our skull and the evolution of our ribcage and our hands and our feet. But the eye has always been the eye and it, you know, uh, receives and whatever it does with light, it still does it the same way. So I thought that was super interesting. So anyway, takeaway number two, true presence requires and is amplified by eye contact and looking into someone's eyes to read and feel their soul. All right, now we're gonna go to the third point. <laughs> third point is time. So the retreat was four hours. 
Um, I have personally attended spiritual retreats virtually with Alexandra that are four hours and the time would, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, it would fly by. It just felt like, it felt like four hours, but like there was still more to cover, um, which is always good. You want to learn more. But yesterday we didn't get started right at 12. And I was conscious of that because I know Alexandra and I know how much she always brings and how much energy she has and um, how much teaching she does. And she doesn't follow like a perfect agenda and whatever material she wants to get through, it's like never enough time, right? So I think we started at like somewhere around 1230. And when you are really, truly present, time is not, time is not a thing, like you can't, encapsulate or understand time time may stand still um you know that's like a actually like a a phrase right time stood still you know like in romantic scenes in movies or in a book like what is romance what is spiritual intimate connection it is um it is timeless it is a different you're in a different realm um that's the only way for me to explain it and so for me I do have a baby and he was upstairs with Jeff. And so there were some moments where what if we were kind of transitioning between like exercises or meditation and whatever we were doing, um, I would like, I was like, oh, I should look at my phone. So I, I will say I probably thought to look at my phone twice. Um, but otherwise, this idea of what is time is so interesting because I think we all can think of a time, <laughs> no uh, pun intended, when we were with someone doing something and we literally forgot what time it was or we didn't know an hour went by or we didn't know that it had only been 20 minutes because it felt like a really expansive amount of time. So what my point is if you allow yourself to be present and you it's like you it's like a letting go and jumping into a raging river i and i hope that example will make more sense in a second you are letting go of your grip on the control of time because let's say you're going into a meeting and i have 30 minutes and then i got to get to this meeting and then then if i don't do this thing before in between the meetings it's like you never are really landed there And the magic and the unfurling of possibilities happens when we are there, when we are all there, like all there, not in the future, not in the past, just really, truly there. And that's why like when you are in meetings, if you you do dive into some deep eye gazing with the other person and you do connect to your I am energy of like, what are you really in this moment and how are you feeling in your body? Get out of your head then the essence of time, you will always have all the time you need. I mean, there are going to be times where you want more, but you will always have all the time you need. That really truly came through for me because we got through everything we possibly needed and that we were supposed to get through yesterday. It was perfect. Like I knew she wanted to do this full moon because the lunar eclipse was last night. There's a full moon. I was like, well, I really want to, I know we're going to like write what we are releasing on a piece of paper and burn it outside. And, um, we're going to meditate and we're going to do energy sound healing with the sound bowl. And I I knew we were going to do all that. But when the one time we did take a break, I was like, it's already, you know, two 30, how are we going to do the rest of this in 90 minutes? But somehow the two 30 to four o'clock, or I guess it was a little, we did go a little bit over, um, was like just 
this amazing amount of time. And so um, I've had times, maybe some of you on here that are a little more mystical or um, comfortable in pure presence can attest to a time where maybe you did look at the clock and it was 1129 and then you're like, whatever, I'm just going to be all here in the time we have left. Maybe you have 10 minutes left in a call. And then all of a sudden it feels like you've been accomplishing something and it's been so productive and you look at the time, it's only been two minutes. It's almost like you you stopped or you slowed time down. That feeling of slowing time or expanding it is all, I believe, a reflection of your own expansion in the present moment. So um, I bring up this book a lot. I think I've brought it up since the second episode of this podcast ever because Kevin Mullins, my second or third or something like that guest, require, um, sorry, recommended the book Stealing Fire. And Stealing Fire talks about flow. And it really goes into like the neuroscience behind, behind what's happening and what part of your brain when you're accessing flow. And it's timelessness, richness, selflessness, effortlessness, oh, whoops, um, and so on. And, um, you know, all of that is great to understand it. But for me, I'm like, it's true presence. And so he, the, the book talks about how athletes access it and, you know, like Tom Brady's accessing it and that you have you have more access to your brain's full potential when you're in a state of flow because your prefrontal cortex is not filtering um and that's how and why a surfer knows just the right tiny tweaks to make while they're flying down a wave massive big wave surfing um, and what I would argue after this is it's more than just the brain it's the full body energy connection of presence and expanding of time because things move slower right when Tom Brady is I don't know the ball gets snapped to him and he's trying to figure out who to throw it to he's got a lot of time in his experience to figure it out to us it looks like in a split second he knew where to throw it right but he's so dialed into presence that um time feels expanded so I hope that helps um but again we're, we're talking about presence and I'm trying to take some lessons I learned in real time yesterday and boil them down to something you can take away because I believe everyone should be um doing retreats like this um okay so the next point point four is um going like digging digging into ourselves so I kind of gave an example of that where my brain wanted to talk about a roller coaster and um you know connect a negative and, and logically explain this thing when really my body's experience Experience in that moment in real time was pure joy but Alexander had to kind of dig that out of me because it was coming from my body not my mind and so what I was witness to yesterday was a lot of us having that experience of like here's what I'm consciously thinking if I try to think my way into what I'm looking for what I want to improve um, how what I'm challenged by or whatever, what, what I'm releasing when I doubt myself, things like that. But it's really such a deeper experience. So I think um, one of the questions we did in our partner thing was like, what are you judge? What, what are you judging about yourself often, right? So somebody said uh, something about, this was you know, pretty common I think for women, but like body, right? So instead of uh, Alexander, I think it was her partner being like, oh yeah, your, your body is this or whatever. Um, I'm just making this up. It's like, what about it? What is the word? What is the what is the feeling? Where does that come from? So there's an element of really going deeper within ourselves. And instead of just picking the weed off the top of the surface, really pulling the roots out of stuff that we really truly want to release. Because sometimes I think 
we want to release stuff and it, we don't want to deal with the ugliness of looking at the the whole part of it <laughs> we just kind of want to rip off rip the weed out so you can't see it anymore um so just remember that there's always a layer deeper to go and when you're truly present and this will kind of bleed into the next part um when you have someone holding space for you in what will be my next point in receivership it's easier to dig because they're kind of giving you structure and feedback to see if you've they're basically a mirror to see if you've pulled it all the way out because sometimes we can't see this stuff ourselves but like if i had a mirror up in front of me it's oh i do have the whole thing in my hand um if that makes sense so presence allows us to really go deeper and i think that's sometimes scary i think that's why we avoid it i think it's better to run and be late and rushing to this and rushing to that or texting this person while you're talking to another scrolling instagram instead of eye gazing because when we really stop we have feelings and sensations in our body moving and it's easier to ignore those and then they get like gunked up within us and then we eventually get illness um so Remember that if you're fearing or feeling uncomfortable going into pure presence and consciousness, it could be because there's something down there a little deeper that may start to float up to the surface and just create space with someone else potentially to hold space for you so that you can really get to the root of what it is because there's always something deeper to come out. Um, and that's sort of the reward, right, is, is it, it comes out. Um, so then receivership. So the, the fifth point, and by the way, there's going to be six uh, bonus is the sixth one, um, is what is receivership. And so everyone I sat with yesterday was in some way, shape, or form a healer, a coach, a teacher. So we're uh, facilitating with people. We're guiding people. We're teaching. And the, the yearning and uh, knee-jerk reaction to helping people is to fix them, to tell them, to... Uh, how do I say this? Um, yeah, like hear what they're saying and then spit it right back out in your way of kind of feeling like you have to have an answer. And what a lot of us learn from Alexandra is there's something so much more powerful, so much more powerful to do, which is to receive it all, receive it and let it flow through you. Because when you try to stop it and fix it and connect it and tweak it and all this stuff you're one you're gunking up yourself because now you're holding on to their stuff but they're not feeling the resonance of it flowing through so if my partner says to me um you know garrett this is i'm really struggling with blank just to really be like nodding eye gazing being in that pure presence to help alchemize that and have them hear like the reverberation of their words and understand it that is going to help them process it by letting it get, you know, sort of flow through me, receive it. Same thing with something positive, like you are so beautiful. Like if I can sit there and receive that and let it flow through me versus being like, yes, I know because of my, because of my hair. Thanks, oh, my hair looks good today. Oh, I'm having a good hair day. Or, oh, I've lost a lot of weight recently. Like what? It's just, blo it's actually pushing that energy away. Just receiving it is, a, is something you can really only do when you're fully present. Um, and that was a powerful lesson for me because one, I can always be more present with my clients 
And part of the guiding and the helping and the holding space is just being, again, pure presence in receivership of what they're saying, really hearing, listening, attuning to their energy in that um, place. And I don't have to fix anything. So I hope that helps, especially if you're a teacher or a coach. And then finally, the extra point that was one of the uh, cosmic laws that Alexandra wrote in um, this handout that she gave us um, was that receiving, or sorry, everything is energy. Everything is energy. And that's why when you get goosebumps watching a movie or you feel something when you're with a client or in a meeting or sitting across from your father at dinner, um, we are always receiving energy and we are energy. It's We're all cells that are full of energy, that are waves. And it's really interesting when you think about it because when you do a retreat like this and you're all meditating together and then you're all sharing your deepest intentions and you're eye gazing and you're in presence and you're journaling and then you're feeling the vibrations from sound bowl and doing chanting like um, ohms and voms and things like that you're moving your own energy right through sound and where what you choose to be present to dictates your energy obviously but really think about it if you're giving energy to instagram what are you receiving back you are now opening up your energy field to Instagram, which means that anything Instagram is, what is on there is coming back at you. And if you follow a bunch of adorable puppies and babies, you may be getting some joy out of out of Instagram. And that's, that's okay. There's no good or bad or ugly. It's just be present and aware of where you give your presence since point bonus number six point, everything is energy. And that to me is just such a powerful takeaway that we have more access to energies when we're present because we're tuning in with our full channel of our body. Um, we're not using our mind. We're just present with no expectations, listening, feeling, and being versus I'm going to do this thing that I think will be fun and now I should feel blank because I think that it's like it's essentially something like this is just a way to shut your brain off <laughs> and it's important it's important I think I've shared this quote a million times because Alexandra always talks about it too but the Albert Einstein quote is like you know our brain should not be we should not be a slave to our brain our brain should be the slave to our soul and our body and our being um, I mean, that's not how he said it, but something to that effect. Um, so that is um, my two cents on presence. And it's definitely energizing me to be more aware of my presence and where I give my energy, how I can really be in my own energy and presence with clients and things like that. Um, and yeah, if you, again, are a mastermind host or... Um, I don't know, have a really close group of girlfriends you want to get closer with and be present with. There's so much magic that comes through. Um, again, write to me and I'll connect you to Alexandra because um, it's just something I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do it again. Uh, and oh, this was my final point. Um, a, a lot of people know, like, you know, people are doing ayahuasca, people are doing psilocybin, people are microdosing. Like, we know why people are because they want to access, like, the highest realm they want to get out of their mind 
but you don't necessarily have to go to the links of plant medicine to access it. And that's kind of what we were doing yesterday. Um, but there's so many levels that you have to sort of integrate first, like being able to sit quietly with a bunch of people in a circle, being able to meditate, being able to tune into your body, being able to be present. You have to be able to do those things first so you can hold whatever is going to come through from higher realms or energetically. And when you do ayahuasca or you do a plant medicine and you have a powerful aha, like, wow, your brain's blown open. How do you integrate it if you don't have those skills of presence and energy and um, connection afterward? And that's why a lot of people go back and continue to do plant medicine. By the way, I'm not saying plant medicine's bad. I would, you know, probably, it would probably serve me in certain ways, but I want to be able to be in this exercise as a way of blissful being instead of going to access bliss from a, um, you know, plant medicine and then not being able to do it without that so if that is interesting to you you know i invite you to go to a sound bath have alexandra facilitate something for you um meditate eye gaze with your partner eye gaze with your friend and this is just your little kick in the butt to try it out so uh without further ado thank you so much for tuning in i hope it was helpful and as always dare to move